All right, we are back on a top 25 voter pod with Chad Conine, John Werner, I'm Bryce Cherry. Gentlemen, good to see you guys. Howdy. Good, as always. Yep. So, uh, let's talk some basketball. Baylor actually played a men's basketball game uh, last night, Tuesday night, as we record this podcast. Um, and, you know, there was a little bit of a, a, a rust, you know, on the, on the Bears, COVID-related, maybe. Uh, they hadn't played in three weeks. Got off to a slow start, trailed by 17, and uh, eventually came back and won that game. 77-72. So we've kind of talked about this before. We asked the question, would there be any rust? Was this not any big surprise? I, I don't think so. Uh, I probably wouldn't have thought they'd play quite that bad at the start. Uh, the first 12 minutes, they uh, made nine turnovers. They started out five of 16. That's pretty bad. And uh, they got down by 17 against the last place team in the Big 12. But they haven't really even been practicing, have they? No, they just came back Sunday. So, uh, but, but still, <laughs> yeah. they got 17 against Iowa State. I, I didn't expect that. But they got it together. They, they made a nice rally. Uh, you know, it, it didn't help that they had a, a Jonathan Chama Chachua out. I think – I hadn't said that name in like three weeks since COVID started. <laughs> so I'm sure that's probably not correct, but, uh, but yeah, they got it together and uh, it, it was a big win. Uh, I mean, they're, they're really set up to win the conference title now. Chad, were you surprised by that score at all, or especially early on? Uh, not really. I mean, you know, for all the talk about how rusty Baylor was, you have to remember they, um, they didn't blow by Iowa State and Ames the way some teams have. Uh, so, you know, it might be a little bit of a matchup issue. Uh, you know, they were eight for 25 from three-point range. And so, you know, they, they, showed, that they showed that they might be, might be human from, from beyond the arc. And, you know, that 45%, I mean, if they shoot 45% from three-point range for the entire season, I mean, just go ahead and call off the tournament and give them the trophy. <laughs> Golden State Warriors with Steph and Clay Thompson didn't shoot that over a season. Yeah, that's right. That you're right. That is the laws of averages maybe catching up with you a little bit. Um, so Baylor or the Big Twelve also released its uh, revamped schedule with some of the, um, you know, some of the postponed games uh, that they needed to make up, and one of those reschedulings was canceling the Baylor West Virginia game on Thursday that was set for the Farrell center in favor of the bears traveling to Morgantown next week. Um, is that fair? I thought it was pretty curious for that to happen. Um, uh, West Virginia has just played two straight road games against Texas and TCU. And, uh, Probably Bob Huggins had some input. He probably didn't want to play a third straight road game. And uh, so West Virginia has four straight home games to end the regular season. Baylor's got two and two. And those two road games are really tough 
at Kansas and at West Virginia. And, uh, but the thing is, it would still be very hard for Baylor to not win the title. They, 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 they have to win one game. That's it. And, uh, you know, uh, they, they go by winning percentage. And, uh, you know, that would put Baylor in position to win the title with just one win. So, I mean, if they can't do that, they, they don't deserve it. Chad, we know how you feel about Huggy Bear. You feel like he had some sway here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, what, what, I can't remember what year it was that they came into the conference. Uh, but, sorry, I got incoming calls and incoming texts and everything today. But, anyway, no, uh, uh, they came into the conference, I don't know, what was it, about 2012 or 2013? Yeah, 12. 12, yeah. Not long after that, I remember – as a freelancer and and just paying attention to what was going on, you know, covering them a little bit and listening to some of his stuff. And he came in moaning and groaning about the time, you know, the long road trips they had to make. And, uh, you know, Huggins is kind of like, he, he must be like, uh, real, really good and generous to people to kind of smooth the wheels too. Cause otherwise why would people put up with this moaning and groaning all the time? And so, you know, I'm sure he has lots of sway. He's a Hall of Famer, and, you know, I mean, he's won a lot of games and everything. But, yeah, I think he throws his weight around quite a bit. He's got some weight to throw around as well, <laughs> but don't we all? Yeah. He's kind of like that uh, – he's kind of like that actor, though, that's never won an Oscar, you know. Uh, what did they say? That statue starts st- uh, winking at you. Or, no, he doesn't even have a statue, so never mind. Right, right. There's a lot in the movie. I think one of the oceans, uh, oceans twelve, when uh, Julia Roberts' assistant says to Bruce Willis, "You know that that st- that statue starts smirking at you at uh, at you after a while." And the joke <laughs> is that Bruce Willis doesn't have one of those statues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, well, this is kind of off the map question here, but is is Huggins the best coach not to have a national championship out there? Well, well, I'd say Mark Few would be right there. He had over an 800 winning percentage at Gonzaga. Uh, yeah, I'd put Few right in there. Um, you know, when, when, when you watch the teams you cover and the teams you pull for go through um, – a conference season like this one, when the conference is so good, it just kind of, it kind of makes you roll your eyes at Gonzaga and Mark Few a little bit, doesn't it? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because they've they've been a high seed before. Now I know a lot of years as they as Gonzaga was sort of building up to where it is now, they were that that darling team, that Cinderella team, you know, and right. then they became a legit, you know national contender yeah i uh well i wrote a column last sunday you know uh the top five ap uh men's basketball teams you know uh just kind of analyzing their strengths and potential weaknesses and to me gonzaga's potential weaknesses is a weak conference schedule and uh, i just don't think they're used to playing really good teams night after night and i think that eventually has bitten them in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. 
So, uh, getting back to the Big 12, if Baylor ends up winning the Big 12, which John mentioned that should happen, uh, but the Bears only play 14 games, will that be looked at with a little less respect than if they had played 18? You know, I I think people will wonder what would have happened in, in those other four games that were canceled. But at the same time, uh, Baylor's going to end up playing eight Big 12 road games and just six home games. Mm. So I, I don't think the schedule has really favored them. I mean, the, the schedule they ended up with has really has favored them. They're not even going to get the Longhorns at home either, are they? Right. Yeah. Uh, it's Texas, uh, West Virginia, and TCU were, were the canceled home games. And the uh, canceled road game was Oklahoma. So, uh, I, you know, I, I think they will be seen as deserving of the title uh, just because, you know, the schedule hasn't been balanced for them. And, uh, you know, to, to fight through COVID and, and still win with all, you know, with that factor, I, I think is still impressive. Chad? Well, I mean – you win a conference championship, you have the best winning percentage at the end of the year, you know, congratulations, here's the conference championship. I, I, I don't think there's anything illegitimate about it. I mean, you, they can't help what games they got canceled, didn't get canceled. But this college basketball season, um, for one, it sucks. I mean, it sucks not to have the run-up that you had uh, in, in October and, or, yeah, in November and December that you normally have. Uh, and then to have holes in your schedule, you don't get to play games. You don't get to really develop your team the way you normally would because you don't have a schedule to rely on. And, and if you're not an experienced team like Baylor is, it's played together for a long time. It's real hard to get your guys on the same page. And on top of it, we're going to see some of the best players, Greg Brown and, and Cade Cunningham come to mind real quickly that, you know, play 25 games in their whole college career and that's it. Bye bye. You know? And it sucks. And the NCAA tournament, I hope it goes to completion without some of the best teams getting knocked out. But, you know, for a long time, as soon as this the deal hit last year, I worried that this season would get messed up. And it has. And, and, and I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It just it just sucks. I mean, but at least they're playing games, but it sucks. By the way, going back to the last question, there are six NCAA Division I coaches with 600 or more wins. And Bob Huggins currently has 895, which that's a lot. The five in front of him are Roy Williams, Bob Knight, Jim Calhoun, Jim Beheim, and Mike Krzyzewski. So that pretty much answers that question from before. Good proof. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you know, to me, he's not ever been at a, at a blue blood program where you might expect to try to win a national championship. I mean, West Virginia's solid and good, but, uh, you know, and then he was at Cincinnati. Where else has he been? Kansas State for a year. Kansas State, yeah. So, to me, those kind of programs, I mean, he's he's done well to to raise the um, specter of those programs while he's been there, but – you're, you're generally not going to win a national championship at a program like that. Um, so, you know. I, I mean, I think Cincinnati – I mean, Cincinnati was – That was a good they, program. They were kind of a Villanova, yeah. Butler, Gonzaga yeah. type of, of mm-hmm. blue blood, you know. Yeah, that's they were fair. Right, 
Yeah. And they had they had Kenyon Martin, I think, while he was there. Yeah. So I mean they had some good they had some guys. And Nick the Quick. Don't forget Nick the Quick. Nick the Quick. He was he was great. I saw him play live in the NBA one year when he was with the Lakers. Yep. Um so let's let's turn our attention to the women real quick. Uh, Chad's headed back to the Ferrell Center tonight again as we record this podcast. Um, Lady Bears, much like the men, uh, you know, are in the driver's seat for a Big 12 championship, and um, it'll be the eighth jillionth year in a row that they've done that uh so what's unusual though is that they're sitting here at number seven in the ap poll some of the projections have them as a three seed we're used to kind of seeing them as a one or a two um as chad i think pointed out in a maybe his season preview story at the start of the year they are still the reigning national champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, do they deserve to be ranked higher? Well, I think being that they're number seven in the AP and coaches polls, I think making them three seed is pretty unfair. I mean, first of all, they are the reigning national champion, you know, and, and okay. They're probably not a one seed Their Their resume doesn't really qualify them for a one seed at this point, but, I think it's, you know, out of respect, they ought to be a two seed. Uh, but, I mean, here's the thing. Th- their resume and the number of top 25 teams they've even played doesn't stack up with, you know, the, the SEC schools for one thing. Um, and then uh, and then Louisville and NC State and UConn, uh, you know, have all played uh, more top 25 teams. Um, but, you know, how many teams – in the country and I would venture to guess zero teams in the country have you know a couple of starters and a, and a reserve that played legit minutes on a national championship run right that's a good point now they don't seed based on that I don't think but, but why shouldn't they you know John Chad mentioned that you know they might Baylor might not have the the top 25 wins that some of those SEC teams have is that where you know the big 12 hurts the lady bears. Oh, I think so. I think it's just the opposite uh, of the, of the men. I mean, uh, it is extremely top heavy. Yes. Uh, you know, the men, they're going to have, uh, probably seven teams in. it looks like Oklahoma state's going to get to play in it this year. But, uh, I think it's, I don't think there's any question. They're going to have seven teams in the men's tournament. H- how many do you think the women will have Chad? I've seen five. Um, okay. Uh, but I've got a question to pose to you guys because, you know, I came back. In fact, in fact, tomorrow is my two year anniversary back at the trip. And so Woo-hoo! you guys have been Congrats. watching the Lady Bears closer than I have, uh, you know, for all these years and 11 years of winning Big 12 championships and all the, the whole Mulkey era. But <laughs> since Baylor has become dominant and since they've won 11 straight conference championships are going for their 11th. I should say, I think they're probably going to win it. It's almost like they've destroyed the rest of the conference. There's been precious few times when even more than one big 12 team made it past the first weekend of the tournament. Like, wow. you know, Baylor's made it past the first weekend of the tournament every year. But like, other than that, during their reign, uh, you know, there's probably f- only four or five 
individual teams and, you know, a, that, that have made it past that first weekend. Now there've been one or two times when a couple made it, but, you know, going back to, uh, uh, 2012, I believe Oklahoma, no, uh, the year that 2010, when they made it into the final four and Oklahoma made it in the final, final four, they had, they had two teams, uh, in the final four, but that's by far the, the best representation. And that was before Baylor started winning the conference every year. So, this is kind of a long-winded question, as some of our TV folks are, are, are <laughs> known for asking sometimes. But, I mean, ha- has, has the Lady Bears, for better or for worse, kind of destroyed the rest of the conference? I'll, I'll tackle that question. Uh, I think, yes, to a certain extent. They've kind of crushed the spirits of those other teams. Here, here's the way it works, okay? I mean – the Lady Bears have the best coach in the conference, one of the best in all of women's basketball. They recruit better than anyone else. And let's just stop right there for a second and say, in women's basketball, you get a few more scholarships than you do in men's, right? Mm-hmm. Which is ironic because there's fewer great players. Well, they – it, the top programs tend to monopolize all those right. great players. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so you'll have a lot of them ending up at the Baylors and the Yukons and the South Carolinas of the world, which – so Baylor, you know, in doing that, then they've hurt the recruiting efforts of their conference rivals, which, I mean, you know, is good for Baylor, uh, but maybe not so great for the conference – um, and then, so they recruit better. They've got a better coach. They get at, because they recruit better, they have better players and then they work. You're, you know, they work, <laughs> they, they, uh, you know, they don't just rest on their laurels. They, they, you know, they get after it and it leads to one extremely dominant team. Now I still do think there's an indictment here of some of those other programs, the Sherry Cole, Oklahoma program, um, you know, Iowa state with Bill Finley. Somebody else needs to step up and be, you know, a consistent contender to Baylor, you know, uh, maybe it's Vic Schaefer and the Longhorns over these next few years. I mean, and because I've said this before, Gary Blair and the Aggies were that team for several years. They mm-hmm. they legitimately gave Baylor a fight. They uh, probably would still if they were in the yeah. League. They probably would still. I mean, they have a they have an excellent program. Mm-hmm. They're ranked number three right now, and I believe I voted them number two this week. You know, in the la- I think Chad noted in a in a piece that the last. Uh, you know, Big 12 team to win the conference other than Baylor is another one that's gone, you know, is Nebraska. So, um, you know, if you still had A&M, you still had Nebraska, uh, maybe, you know, maybe there would be a little bit more competition. Well, and, and somehow Baylor went and got Kim Mulkey from La Tech, and she came in, and Marcia Sharp and Jody Conrad reached the end of their career and, and went on to do other things and retired or whatever you want to call it. And neither Texas nor Texas Tech have come anywhere close to where they were under those previous coaches. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if Tom Stanton has a lasting legacy at Baylor, it is hiring Kim Mulkey. 
you mm-hmm. know, uh, he, he's been put up before for the uh, Texas Sports Hall of Fame, which uh, no offense to Tom Stanton. I think he's a, a perfectly nice guy, um, but I don't think he rises to the level of Texas Sports Hall of Famer. Uh, that said, if he's got a feather in his cap, it's it's hiring Kim Mulkey. <laughs> I mean that was a pretty that was a pretty good hire. Mm-hmm. So good stuff. Well, uh, we will. Reunite. I got one more women's question to throw okay. back at you guys. And this this podcast may take some editing, but whatever, you know. <laughs> uh, I noticed that there Charlie Collier from Texas is the number one player in a lot of WNBA mock drafts, and Charlie Collier is a junior. Do you feel like the WNBA is trying to increase its credibility or that women's basketball in general is trying to make itself more like the men's game by promoting coming out early to, to these players? And, and really, for, for what reason? It's not like they're going to million-dollar, multi-million-dollar contracts. Yeah, I think that's that's what you just said is the part that, that makes no sense. I mean, they, they actually have – uh, renegotiated their contract within the last year or two and and their salaries are better than they used to be but they still operated in the in the red for years and years and that with the NBA kind of propping the WNBA up financially and so um, truthfully these these college players can stay four years and have probably more of a national, um, persona or recognition in college mm-hmm. than they might in the WNBA. Um, the WNBA has its fans, but it's it's just not um, covered on a national scale like women's college basketball is. Yeah. So it's a yeah. good question. John, right. any thoughts? To me, it makes no sense for women's basketball players to come out early. And like Bryce said, it's a much higher profile uh, playing in the NCAA. Maybe the competition isn't quite as good, but I, I would think, you know, the top level of women's basketball, college basketball, is pretty close maybe to the WNBA. I, I don't know. What, what do you all think? Oh, I think the WNBA is on a higher level. I mean, I think mm-hmm. anytime you start trying to compare college to pro yeah, because um, you'll see you'll see some idiot every year say, you know, Alabama could beat the the Owen whatever NFL team. And that's just moronic, honestly. I mm. mean, the the best players in the WNBA were all the best players on their college team. You know, um, you got all Americans that are riding the bench in the WNBA. So um, yeah. I'll make one more point, Bryce. I know you got probably got a meeting to go to, but um when you talk about the length of your potential career and your earning years as a basketball player, probably these women's players have an even smaller window than most men's players do. And that might be a devil's advocate for a reason why somebody like Charlie Collier or Sabrina Unescu would go out early. Now I don't like it because I love college basketball and I love sort of the scene and the, the electricity in the arena. And I think that's worth playing for, but nobody's offering me even, you know, tens of dollars to play basketball. So, 
I tell you what, Chad, I'll buy you lunch if you come out and play at our noon game one day. Uh, how about that? It'll be your first oh, pro geez. contract. Oh, geez. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, thanks, guys. And we will reunite again next week. And uh, as Chad said, I do need to get out of here. So, sounds okay. Good. Talk to Talk y'all to later. later. Hey, Bryce. Yeah. Hey, go. Uh, let me do uh, – a brief, just, you know, what we talked about. Baylor just needs one win. Uh, maybe it could be a lead brief or something. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that'd be good. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Thanks, buddy. All right. So, yeah.